You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 54, Mentally and Emotionally Healthy Youth Ministry. All of us want to make sure that our ministries are healthy, and when we try to measure that, it's usually by spiritual elements. Um, But when we have teenagers in our care, children, teenagers, adults, whoever, um, it's very important for us to think holistically and to really gauge the mental, emotional, and of course, uh, physical aspects of health as well as spiritual And so how do we do that well? Uh, I think we tend to uh, over-spiritualize things at times, and for the most part, uh, we probably don't know how to handle some of those mental and emotional aspects of students walking into our church. And so my guest today is going to help us talk about that. Uh, She is Cassidy Ford. Uh, she is a franchise business professional. She's a longtime friend, and uh, she and I have a great conversation about her own journey uh, on that mental health path, um, her interactions with the church, good and bad, and how we as um, youth workers can really be more prepared um, to help students and to encourage them and to support them and to walk with them uh, with whatever they are walking in the door with. So let's go ahead and hop into this conversation with Cassidy. All right, Cassidy, thank you for having me on the podcast with me today. It's good to see you. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Thank you for having me. I am really excited. I love being able to share a little bit about my story and some of the things that I'm doing, but I am the account director at at FRM Solutions, which is a, a CRM software company in the franchise space. And I do, I wear a lot of different hats But um, I basically, to boil it down, work with big franchisors like Arby's and Anytime Fitness and and companies like that to help them, you know, be more efficient so they can make more money. And so that's a lot of fun. But I am, am also the founder of an initiative called the Franchise Ticker. And it is basically, I have Tourette Syndrome. And if you're not familiar with what Tourette's is, it's a neurological condition that causes unwanted movements and sounds. So I can't control that. I can suppress it a little bit, but it's pretty exhausting and it's it's a really complex neurological condition. I was 17 when my tics started. I was diagnosed, diagnosed, diagnosed when I was 25. And it's been a life of joy by a lot of intentional living and a lot of grace from God and choosing to follow my gut with some things. And I've been really, really blessed. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Yes, that's a great story. Uh, We'll let you plug 
more about your podcast and uh, organization that you've started here at the end. But Cassidy and I go back a long time and uh, I'm grateful to have you on. And today, you already kind of mentioned it with Tourette's, but today uh, we're talking about some methods we can practice in youth ministry to promote awareness and safety for mental and emotional needs. Now, I want to clarify up front that no single ministry can provide for everyone's needs in a comprehensive way. As we have discussed on the podcast before, there will always be a necessity for trained counselors and other experienced professionals to come alongside various students. So we're not really talking about that. We're focusing more on some common elements to instill in your youth leadership about fostering a healthy environment and understanding uh, what students are walking in the door with and they might be carrying with them or they might simply have as part of their daily life. That includes learning and knowing how to respond in certain situations. So Cassidy, let's start with that and your past. Uh, can you start off by sharing some of the interactions that you've had with church leaders that either weren't helpful or even hurtful? That is a, a great way to start because I was I was 17 when all of this initially started. It started with a shoulder jerk and a head twitch and a, and a leg kick. And it was really sc- scary when I did not know what was happening and it, I knew it was something in my brain, but I couldn't figure it out and just embarking on that journey. And I think for the most part, my experiences in my youth group were very positive in the sense that people were patient with me, but that was more, I think, relegated to my friend group. The leaders in the church, my youth leaders were very supportive. They were a little scared too, but the elders in my church, which I don't know that we we called them elders, but that's kind of how I considered them. They went the route of let's pray for you and laying hands and anointing with oil and I was not and a couple of things about that. I appreciated the prayers. I understood the significance of a, the church coming together to support me. But I, one, was not fully educated or understanding of what it meant to lay hands and, and pray and anoint with oil. And I was very uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And the second part of that is that there was no follow-up action to this prayer that everyone was talking about. And everyone kind of knew my business because that got spread around the church. And it was just very awkward for, for, for me. Yeah. I wished that someone could help me with something tangible rather than just offering up prayers. And so that was something that I had a major takeaway. And I, in some regards, have shied away or kind of rejected this concept of prayer for a really long time because when prayer is not matched up with action or physical and tangible support, you know, it it really did not ring. It didn't, I didn't feel like it helped me. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I the 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 friend group that I had at church, like I said, was nothing but supportive. And for me, I think I am one of the lucky ones 
because I, by nature, I was born with this innate sense of humor and I felt like I communicated very well with my, my, my youth group, but not everyone is born that way. Not everyone is, is comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And I watched other people in my youth group who struggled with things that, you know, maybe they hid that they were not really as they didn't wear as a badge of honor as I had started to with my tics because, you know, it is what it is. And that's how I approached that. But not everyone feels that way. And I started to feel a little bit guilty about that because I could see what they were struggling with and they weren't being accepted and celebrated and helped the way that I was. Not everyone is that confident and we can't, we can't always as students, we can't always communicate, you know, we don't have the maturity level. Sometimes we don't have the experience. We don't have the, the words to express what we're going through. I was blessed to be in that boat, but it was really hard for me to navigate those waters when I was that young and I didn't feel like it was equal support among all of my my peers yeah yeah thank you for sharing that the um the reality of trying to figure things out and not having words to match our feelings and experiences i feel like is a lot more prevalent than people realize or want to admit and you know junior high obviously is a time when i feel like the most change all around happens but high school isn't necessarily a rosy time and some regard uh and trying to figure out things that in this case uh will affect you the rest of your life and you're figuring out what it means for you and you have people who are responding to you well um and then you have people who you feel like aren't responding to you well they have good intentions but as you said there was no follow-up to that prayer and you know uh i don't blame teenagers who are hiding things um I don't wish that for them. You know, the church of all places should be the place where you can be open and vulnerable and want to share those things. Um, and the church um, itself, the leaders should want that because if it's not happening at the church, it's not uh, happening in places where we can hopefully encourage them in their faith and show support for them as a human being, as someone made in the image of God and to say, nothing's wrong with you. You know, uh, this is just, a part of your life. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry that you went through that uh, initially, but you're right. You do have a great sense of humor and you mm -hmm. do have a lot of good friends and you did back then. Uh, and yeah, I, I just think about that element of teenagers hiding things that they're ashamed of. And I feel like in this day and age that has exponentially increased because of social media <laughs> exactly right yes yeah, exactly yes. right uh social media where you can filter everything you can nicely hone and create your own persona uh and not have to uh worry about anything that you can edit out but when you can't edit those things out especially in person mm -hmm. Uh, you would rather withdraw and not have deep conversations and just leave everything to online where you can 
create and control everything, right? And so uh, I'm glad, and I'm sure you are too, that we didn't really grow up <laughs> with the oh, social yeah. media influence oh, yeah. uh, at all. And so, you know, teenagers who are youth workers who are listening have right now who have that additional burden and pressure along with just growing up, um, you know, that, that is a lot. I feel like that would be a lot more mm-hmm. to deal with. Uh, yeah. I, I tell you, I have a lot of takeaways. My, my dad is a Baptist minister. I grew up in the Southern Baptist church. You know, I have grown up going Sundays and Wednesday nights to church my entire life. And I have a lot of takeaways from that. Some of them are positive and some of them are negative, but the, the most treasured memories I have are from youth group in junior high and high school. And I, I am really, really blessed. And I, I was at the time and I still am now to have had leaders who stepped in, you know, bless my parents, but some parents can't be there for everything. Your youth leaders can't be there for everything. You mentioned that it was really important to mention that we as adults are not meant to step in as trained counselors or, or try to, to fix our mm-hmm. students. Right. Yeah. Yep. And that's a whole, that's a whole other conversation, but I was taught from an early age and really at North Phoenix Baptist church, the, the era where, where I was there and we had such amazing leaders who, especially women leaders who just instilled this sense of self and, and value and inherent worth. And if I hadn't, if there's one thing that you could do as a parent or a teacher or a leader that can really impact a child or a a teenager is the idea that no matter what you're going through, no matter, you know, whether you are facing a lifelong struggle of mental health (laughs) issues and, and learning disabilities and threats as I am, that doesn't change who you are and how, what you're worth, because that comes from outside of us and it doesn't come from anybody else on social media, anybody who, you know, isn't patient with you or calls you names or whatever it it may be. That is the most valuable thing I think I ever could have learned growing up. And it's something I got from the church. Yeah. Yeah. I would echo that, especially junior high and high school, uh, just the support, the relationships, the examples I had and our leaders and our friends, you know, that, that was huge for me. And it was the beginning of the path that I'm still on. Um, and so when you spend just a few minutes reading studies and stats, it's an empirical reality that just about all of us have aspects of our mental or emotional health that require specific support, whether we acknowledge it or not. And as youth leaders in 2021, it's incredibly apparent that we're selling our investment in teenagers short if all we provide for them is a Bible lesson and some games. Mm -hmm. Now, I know all of you listening offer more than that, but you know what I mean. We can't allow the spiritual elements of ministry to cause us to become myopic regarding the holistic support, uh, practical things we can do uh, to encourage our students. So, uh, Cassidy, you already mentioned a few of them. But if you could go back now 
and show those friends and adults and those leaders from past interactions what you really needed from them at the time, what would you show them? I mentioned, first of all, that I didn't know at the time what I did need. I knew that I didn't need someone to fix it for me. I just needed someone to help me accept what was happening and support me in my journey to be a self-advocate. And that, more than anything, I think is one of the reasons why I had such a knee-jerk reaction to some of the people in the church who were just trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was sitting there and, and, you know, you have people in your family who don't want to say the word Tourette's. They don't want to admit that there's a problem like a mental health issue, that you're depressed or that you're struggling with something because it's scary. But and, and I, I will say, too, it's not my job as someone with a disability to educate other people on on that disability. We've had mm. a huge converse, convert, conversation about that with Black Lives Matter in the last year with, you know, Asian American and Pacific Islander hate that's happening. Yeah. There is so much to that. I, as a disability, it is not my responsibility to make sure that you understand what I'm going through, but it it is something that I take pride in, in being an advocate for and celebrating. Yeah. And so that's why a a, a conversation like this is so important because you're reaching out to me and, and everyone who's listening to this is making an effort to do that. And I wish I just could have expressed that better to the people around me when I was younger. And it is a huge, huge issue of patience. I did not always receive the patience that I needed in order to figure out the things that I needed to figure out in my own head and my heart. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how much that is made more difficult by social media these days yeah. uh, for, for young kids. But um, that patience and understanding that I did just need some space, but guidance within that space and to, to know that, you know, someone – a, a youth leader, he did. He put this to me that I was very, 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 conf- get, uh, uh, very confused at the time. Very, very confused. That was a tick, but I was just, let's emphasize how confused I was <laughs> at the time because I was dealing with all this and trying to figure out what to do for college and how I was going to pay for it and, and do all of that stuff. And I was given such really great advice that it was just guidance. And that's all I needed. I didn't need someone to tell me what to do. He said, God is going to bless. God has blessed all these different paths for you. There are all these doors ahead of you. And as long as you're following what God has in store for you, each one of those, regardless of what decision that you you make, um, you know, if you follow your gut and follow God's word, that you know, he's blessed that path forward for you. And that's all I needed to hear because all the things that I was struggling with, I didn't need him to tell me that, you know, I was making a right or wrong decision if I did this, 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 and this. I just needed to know that that the world was open to me and that someone would be there to support me whatever decision I made. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that term you used uh, a minute ago, self-advocate, Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a nice perspective change 
uh, because I feel like when leaders, when we step in to counsel students, to minister to students, to support students, uh, we're trying to help them get past something and not always to get through something. And mm-hmm. when you make that subtle difference in how you approach someone, especially with a syndrome or a condition or just uh, the way uh, someone is going through life and for them to be able to have the confidence to be their own advocate and to have the ability to correct people and to stand up for themselves and be able to explain things well, but not have the burden of having to explain that to everybody, as you mentioned. Um, And us as leaders, having discernment and wisdom and just following, you know, uh, you, they will know that you're my disciples by how you love one another, mm-hmm. Jesus said. And so if we're to love students, we should be aware of things that students are dealing with, hopefully before they walk in the door. Now, we can't account always for every single thing, but there are many things that we can account for. And um, yeah, I feel like just kind of the basics of, of uh, being able to encourage people well, uh, spiritually, but also practically um, is good. And I like that perspective of self-advocate. That's a very mm-hmm. uh, notable thing and an important thing. And uh, so as you've gotten older and gone into the business world, um, <laughs> you have been able to figure some of those things out and what you need. And I think you have met people who are going through some of those same things. Uh, so as youth workers, we are already experiencing things in the career world that our students will experience someday, like Cassidy now, uh, <laughs> regarding their need for uh, mental and emotional awareness. Uh, Cassidy, you've been open and offered insight to other professionals in your field about relating to those with specific mental and emotional tendencies. What has that been like for you? And what are some of the responses and resulting dialogue you've had from those blog posts, from conversations with others about that in the context of the business world? I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when I was 22. I remember thinking, and and I was told, never tell anybody that, never, because you'll be kept back in your career. People, the government will start tracking it. You'll never get to do X, Y, Z. And it was suffocating because I would go to work every day knowing why I, what I was struggling with on the back end and not be able to share that with my team so that they, they did not there was a lack of transparency. And I've, I said this in one of my recent podcast episodes, there was a lack of transparency that really caused some problems with my mm. team. Yeah. When uh, a few years had passed and I remember this, like, I, I don't know. I remember this like it was yesterday. Catherine Zeta Jones went on the cover of a magazine and said that she had bipolar disorder. And I remember thinking if she could do it, so could I. And it was a little bit different in the sense that I'm not famous and someday I will be, I'm sure. But uh, I remember thinking, I don't have to stay silent about this. And as soon as I made that decision to be open with the people around me in my personal life, but especially my team, I have lived my whole life since I was diagnosed at five with ADHD. I have struggled with that. I'm a high performing person. So people around me in my, my professional realm don't necessarily understand that. Tourette's, if you think of Tourette's like an iceberg, you see motor and vocal tics above the water, 
But below the water, there's an amazing graphic of this that the Tread Association of America has. And it's on my Instagram account if at the end I can tell you where to find that. Mm -hmm. But below the water, think of OCD, anxiety, depression, bipolar, sleep issues, dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, all of these learning disabilities and, and things that people struggle with that you don't see. So if we don't talk about them and maybe... You know, the guy on my team that I work with every day, I never, everybody has a story and I will never know what that is if I don't ask about it, if I don't tell my own and share that and make sure that's a safe place. And what I found as soon as I, as a professional, started embracing where those blurred lines are between your personal and professional life, like I don't have an option for some of this because my tics are very noticeable sometimes if I'm tired and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't hide that part of my personal life. So it does become professional and those blurred lines, it opened up door after door after door for me to be successful in my career. And I am just such a proponent of not trying to make that such a hard line. Like we can live in the gray area a little bit and it's hard to live in the gray area. And, um, but life is gray, right? And it is just one of those things that we have to trust our gut. We have to trust God. We have to, uh, just be willing to make ourselves vulnerable, not just in our personal circles, but in our professional circles as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that distinction of, uh, yeah, the, the iceberg, um, image and, uh, and that what you just mentioned about the hard line and gray area, um, because it feels like in a lot of ways, especially in our online dominant culture and paradigm, it's everything seems to have hard Mm -hmm. lines drawn and you need to be 100% in this or you're not for it at all. And um, living in that gray area is hard because that's synonymous, I feel like, to trying to balance things. And when there's a balance, there's also tension. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that certainly is a foundational piece of the Christian life, you know, grace and truth, justice and mercy. Like we try and hold all these things in a balance that God effort, effortlessly can dispense simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And we can't do that. And so um, for us to be able to try and approach things with discernment, uh, approach things well uh, and thinking them out and how our words, how our actions will have ongoing effects um, for other people, you know, the way that you have approached um, your own um, conditions and things in your life and then meeting people who have them, who like you and many others, probably some who are listening and many other people who are trying to hide those things because they are afraid that they won't advance Mm -hmm. professionally or they won't advance relationally. Um, uh, And yeah, it's, it's this unfortunate stigma. And I think as believers, when we think of stigma, we tend to look at the stigma of the church and mental health. And that still is something. And I think that's slowly fading luckily, but in greater society, I feel like there's also this fear of, um, when it comes to mental and emotional issues, like I need to hide mm-hmm. those because um, if people just see me like in the social media way where they can just see me at my best um, and things are 
under my control because I have this or I have that, then things are good. Uh, but the moment I op- open myself up and show my flaws, I'm going to lose everything. And I think what you're doing is taking that idea we mentioned earlier of being a self-advocate mm-hmm. and you're moving that forward for others to be able to step in confidence um, into their professional world, into their personal life and be able to have good conversations. And through those conversations um, with friends and one another, that's how we can educate each other. That's how we can really start to learn and understand um, what many of us are dealing with and on some level. Um, my mom once said something that has always stuck with me. It's pretty funny. She said, uh, I think everyone could use counseling and the only people who don't need any kind of counseling or support for their mental health are people who aren't breathing. <laughs> and, uh, True. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that, that's totally right. Um, you know, in this world where we're, uh, where everything is kind of being open slowly um, and people don't really have anywhere to go with some of this um, under the surface um, stuff, like you mentioned, uh, it's good for us as youth leaders and just really as believers in mm-hmm. general to be aware um, of the things that are going to come our way and how we are going to respond to those. Because mm-hmm. um, you mentioned uh, how fortunate you were about the overall response, especially from your friends and certain women leaders growing up. But I mean, how many stories do we see daily on social media or otherwise from people who were absolutely burned by the church? Oh, gosh. Hate it. And, I was yeah. told that I had a demon inside of me and that I needed to pray away my sin. Mm. Like if I hadn't had, you know, a better support network, think of what that could have how that could have impacted me. And it did for a short term, but I also, I do realize you said something about, what was it? You said something about, basically God has created us as complex beings. And there's this idea of duality in the sense that you can be happy and sad at the same time yeah, and be broken and grateful at the same time, experience joy and grief at the same time. And there's a story that I was uh, a, a part of a team at my first franchise company. And they, I had a whistling, <laughs> I had a whistling tick like that uh, when I was there for a long time. And they all set their ringtones to a whistle and started texting each other. And it was great, like, you know, I felt so included and I felt joyful in that moment that like I was able to like that they were taking it lightly and, and that sort of thing. But I also went through a grieving process at the same time because it was like, this is my reality for the rest of my professional career Mm -hmm. is like, this is just something that I'm going to have to deal with. And what if my next team isn't that accepting? What if, you know, and, and the idea of duality in the sense that, or I even would, would take it back to self-advocacy. You cannot advocate for yourself if you're not being your true self on social media. You mm. cannot present one picture to people and have another picture of yourself when you look in the mirror at home. Yeah. I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, you look good. I'm just, you know, it. it is just one of those things where you have to love yourself in any place that you are. And you can't love yourself if you're not trying, if you're not putting 
forth the effort to be an advocate for yourself. And it's a chicken and the egg kind of situation. Yeah. Oh, I like that. In order to love yourself and be your true self, you can't put a fake self or just one aspect on social media or just Mm -hmm. in public for people to see. Mm -hmm. um, Because that means that you really aren't accepting, uh, working through and advocating for who who you really are holistically. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, you know, what, what you brought up that I brought up reminded me of something else. And I think it's important. You know, when, when kids are walking in and when we're walking in uh, anywhere and meeting people, the emotional um, weight that people carry. Uh, and I thought this way for a long time. And it's only recently that I was really made aware uh, personally and was able to work through what it meant to not have emotions just be a binary switch. Either I'm mad or I'm not. Either I'm happy or I'm not. And to think of everything as a scale just really revolutionized the way I approach Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with holding this tension that we mentioned earlier of, well, I'm happy, but as you just mentioned, but I'm also kind of grieving because of this. And it's okay to sit in that moment. Yeah. It's okay to just sit there in that and soak it in because it's not going to destroy you. We think it's going to destroy us, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's okay because that's how we move through something, not past it, but that's how we move through something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so when students are like, I feel this and I feel this, I don't know what to feel. And you can say, you're feeling both. It's okay. Hmm? I'm here for you. Sit in that. Think about that because don't just dismiss one to go to the other because there's likely something important. And that's why you're feeling a certain way about both these things. Um, so yeah, it's good for us to sit in the ever so simple, just kidding, um, multifaceted, <laughs> complex net of yeah. emotions. Um, but one thing that I told my students recently when we we're talking about how to be a good friend in suffering, you know, the emotions and feelings are not part of Genesis 3. We were made with those. We feel what God feels. And so when people say that, oh, facts don't care about your feelings and you're being emotional and not rational. Mm-hmm. Well, love isn't rational and love is the primary way that God reveals himself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense that God would love us after what we have done and continue to do or that we would have spouses or best friends or family or whatever else who would love us um, when we've probably done terrible things to them as well. And so uh, it's good for us to realize that in that way, um, we need to be able to work through the difficult, but also powerful and uh, just confidence building and being a mm-hmm. self-advocate uh, for who God has made us to be. And mm-hmm. he's placed us in a certain time, in a certain place, mm-hmm. for a purpose, for our good and for his glory. And how do we help students find that? How do we help each other find that? I have to say just one thing that that is extremely important, that I did not receive necessarily from the church at the time and for a very long time. Mental health is a neurological issue. It's not an emotional issue. It's not a sin issue. It is not just a circumstantial issue, Mm -hmm. right? It is a neurological problem and it can be helped. And so I, I, know that a lot of times we get sucked into like, oh, this, this emotional aspect of things. Well, sometimes we, 
are looking at something from one direction and think, oh, this is just a bad day or that, you know, they're experiencing the ups and downs of that scale. And sometimes it's just a physical problem with yeah. our brains, right? Mm-hmm. And and the glory of all of that is that um, God gives us the tools to be able to address that and the love to be able to extend that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Thank you for making that clarification. It's not wrapped up in all emotional things. Uh, it is. And that's that just shows how much more we have, including me, have to learn about um, mental health and those those issues and those conditions and uh, just realities of life that some of us um, carry with us. So how can we help each other in that? Uh, well, Cassie, this has been a lot of fun, extremely helpful. I'm so glad you're able to join me for this conversation. Uh, before we wrap up, tell us where we can keep up with you online and also about your own podcast. <laughs> well, you can find me online on LinkedIn. I have a pretty big presence. Just if you look for Cassidy Ford on LinkedIn, you'll be able to find me, the franchise ticker page on LinkedIn. I have a website that's coming in June. So mm-hmm. I will be announcing that through social media. Twitter and Instagram are both at franchise ticker. And you can keep up with me in all of those different places. I do have a YouTube channel and I am posting video podcasts there every two or three weeks. And that is an exploration really of uh, my experiences with Tourette's and, and just sitting in as we kind of talked about those blurred lines and that place where our personal and professional worlds collide and how we can turn that to make ourselves into a success and embrace those things that are, are pushing us in that direction. Uh, so the podcast is, is about franchising, but everybody is welcome to come. We have all sorts of guests that are joining that and, It is a lot of fun. We talk about everything from women empowerment to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and building up new generations of people in franchising, and uh, also uh, stigmas and and stereotypes about threats and mental health conditions. Very good. Very cool. Very cool. And I'll have links to a few of those things that you mentioned in the show notes, so you can find those there. Cassie, thank you again. I'll be praying for you as God continues to use you where you are in the professional space uh, to to have good conversations with people and also just personally as you uh, be a good self-advocate and move forward for great things ahead of you. Thanks again, Cassidy. Thanks, Jeff. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Cassidy for joining me. Those resources that we talked about of hers, you can find those links in the show notes. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. And be sure to follow us on our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find those social media handles and more at our website, youthministrymaverick.com. There you will also find some guest bios, a comprehensive list of all of our episodes and show notes, some ministry partners to help you in your own ministry, an online store to support the podcast, published articles by me, and more. So be sure to visit our website for those things. Also, we really love when people give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Apple is the biggest podcast streamer, 
and it really helps boost our visibility when people give us a good review. So if you go there and give us a review, not just a rating, but a review, take a screenshot of it before you hit submit and send it to me. And as a thank you, I will send you a card with some merchandise that you can't buy on our online store. So be sure to do that. Well, that's all for now. So until next time, thanks again for listening. Adios.